If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, let the game begin. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello there, listening public. You are uh, tuned in, tuned in, listening to Potting In. To get rich quick with Josh and Noel, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's Radio Free Brooklyn. Wow, you really uh, <laughs> been working on that for a while, I huh? I, I spent all of just that moment working on yeah. that one. Wow, shows paid off. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Hey, Noel, how's it going? Good, buddy. How are you today? I am fantastic. How are you liking this new setup we have in the studio? What, face-to-face? Face-to-face. I don't know. I don't know how I like it, to tell little, you the truth. I, 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 it worked well. I felt like the first show we did like this, and uh-huh. then we had Sandy on, so we went back to our old, uh, you know, we went to a triangle formation, which was a, which was the old way we do it when we have a guest. Yeah. But today we're back to face-to-face, and I'm looking you dead That's right. in your sad, empty, Frost Nixon, you're Nixon. Eyes. I'm Frost. <laughs> Just remember, Nixon wins. Yeah, until he loses. <clears throat> yeah, I'm rubber, you're glue. Wow, good one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, beforehand, Josh and I were talking about, we, we really don't talk about much, but we have a, a brief conversation about like, oh, do you have anything to open the show with? We couldn't figure out what to do. So uh, last week, I had mentioned that I had seen a uh, a dead person yeah. on the uh, park bench by my apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm just going to go this week and say about how the first dead person I saw in New York City, <laughs> uh, which was way back when I was biking home from a party that was in uh, Tom Tenney, the head hippie of Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh-huh at that time had a theater in the East Village called Space on like 14th and B or something like mm-hmm. that. And uh, I was at that, and it was like a super hot summer day, and then it had gotten like nice. So I was like kind of like biking around, and it was just like finally nice. And I was over in the meatpacking district back before it was – the meatpacking district. Yeah, now there's just there, back when it there was a lot of meatpacking yeah. going on, and uh, I see up ahead a lot of cops. So I'm looking, trying to figure out what's going on, and then I catch something out of my eye, and I go whoa, and I turn my bike super fast. I was going slow, <laughs> and uh, I came probably two or three inches from riding over a dead body that was in the street. Wow. And the cops had only blocked off one side of the street. <laughs> so the cop's like, hey, buddy, come here. <laughs> and I come over, and he's like, what, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just biking home. <laughs> and he's like, you get on your bike. You bike like four or five blocks before you even turn. You get that? And I'm like, yep, yep, no problem. I'm going. And then I start, and then another cop's like, you, come here. <laughs> And I come over and he's like, "What? What are you doing?" And I'm like, once again, just like, I'm, I'm just biking home, man. Like, he's <laughs> <laughs> like, and he says basically the same uh-huh. thing. Like, get on your bike, you bike 
a half a mile before you turn. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's not my fault you just blocked the whole street off. <laughs> but that was the first dead person I saw in New York City. And so you saw that one. You saw the one recently, which, yeah. you know, it was in the news, that one. Yeah. And, and But the, the sto- all the story was that I, the headline of the story was that people line up for cronuts yeah. around the dead guy, the dead person. Yeah. Like it made no difference to the people lining up for cronuts. Well, no, the then they rerouted the line. Right, they rerouted the line. Well, yeah. maybe eventually. The way they made it sound in the newspaper, and that newspaper, of course, being the New York Post, uh, was that people could have cared less about the dead body. They just wanted their cronuts. <laughs> Which, you know, look... You get yeah. a chance to get a cronut. That's right. <laughs> That's mean, right. We get the Trump we deserve, I guess, That's right? right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you were going to bring that around to the topic. I, well, no. I, oh, yeah. So it's because we couldn't figure out anything to talk about. Right. Because <clears throat> we couldn't figure it out. Oh, I see. So you're you're a little meta with it. Yeah. You're a little meta That's with it. That's not that meta. Well, but th- right. I get it. But it, the story itself. Uh-huh wasn't didn't have anything to do with the topic it was the little bit before the preamble to the story yeah okay so right now <laughs> you the listening public are wondering was it meta was it not meta was it easy to figure out or is josh a dummy well i'll tell you you uh-huh. can figure it out right now because our topic is indecision that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a big theme i think throughout uh my half of this program okay just even not even knowing what to decide on what i'm gonna say in general it's all right gonna be it, I f- i'm feeling an awkward day coming on for me all right i will carry us because i feel like a champion <clears throat> Of the airwaves. You always feel like a champion of the airwaves. That's right. Yeah, that's good. It's a positive outlook. That's it's, right. It's like you've been to a Tony Robbins course or yeah, something. Yeah, I think you need a Tony Robbins course, too. <laughs> Probably <dude>. do. <laughs> <laughs> um, indecision. Indecision. Is our topic, Noel. Lots of money in it. I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> oh, waka waka. <laughs> Oh man, I kill myself. Yeah. Someone's got to. Yeah, someone uh, <laughs> does. <laughs> um so uh you know, uh you got stuff you want to say about it? I do, but before we get into it, yeah. We should remind the listeners new and old. Uh-huh. What the deal is here. <laughs> so Josh and I, we come up with gold. We come up with ideas guaranteed to make a moron, mm-hmm. a millionaire. Yep. Uh, and what do we do with those ideas? We do nothing. We sit in a basement and we speak into a microphone, and then we just like s- keep sitting after we turn the microphones off. Pretty much, that's what we do. You, the listening public, mm-hmm. can take these ideas, run with them, make them into empires, mm-hmm. and all all you have to do give us ten percent. Tie this. That's it. That's it. 10% of everything. As our motto states, Noel, we do nothing, so you don't have to. <laughs> no. No, what is what is our motto? It's something like that. <laughs> oh, you do the work so we don't have to. That makes so much more sense. All right. So let's get into it. Indecision. Uh-huh. So there's lots and lots of indecision in the world. There's yep. so many... Choices to make. Yeah. Some you can't make because they're, they're you know, e- 
both choices stink. <laughs> Some you can't make because, you know, uh, there's a lot of investment you have to make right. in either one, and you can't decide which one has the most advantage. Sometimes you just can't make up your mind because you're you're unable to make up your mind about things. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the times, we can't make up our mind because there's too many choices. A Columbia professor <clears throat> named Sheena Yengar wrote a book called The Art of Choosing, which uh, is based on a study she had done where, and, and I'm sure you've heard about this study, she went to a supermarket mm-hmm. and they set up a little booth and they gave shoppers at the supermarket samples of jam and they kept switching between two different setups. And one setup was, uh, it was all one brand of jam, but one setup they had six different varieties and uh, they would give people samples and then at the end they'd give them a coupon to buy jam, mm-hmm. a dollar coupon. And the other setup was all same, same brand, everything, but they had 24 different varieties of jam. Ridiculous. And they'd give people samples, as many as they want, and then at the end they'd give them a coupon. Well, uh, either way, it averaged out that people got two samples before they were like, all right, enough of your jam. Uh, And, (laughs) but the difference is people who were given six choices. 30% 30% of those people took that coupon and bought jam. Mm-hmm. The people who were given 24 choices, 3% of them bought jam. Because they were overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed, and they ended up in the long run being under jammed because of it. <laughs> oh, God. But it, but uh, the, her conclusion was that people often tend to opt out when faced with too many choices. They I shut mean, down. They shut down. Right. Uh, another study uh, out, of, out of the University of Liverpool uh, did a study about people who don't shut down under these choices. So uh, they did a study of people choosing frozen pizzas. And uh, there were 70 different types of frozen pizza. Seven zero. Seven zero. Okay. Um, and some people would just stick to the pizza that they know, the one they had before, and they would keep getting that same one. But there was another subset of people who were curious and would try different types. Mm -hmm. Well, the curious people got fat. (laughs) They (laughs) ate more. They were less satisfied. uh, and, And when they ate the same amount of pizza, they would feel less full. Okay. I'm uh, very interested about this because this seems to describe me to a T. Oh, really? Yeah. You're yep. the curious pizza eater? I'm the curious pizza. I would try every single piece. Yeah. I would try all 30 of those jams. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I would. I do that. I, I try whenever there's a table set up, I will try everything. On, really? You know what I mean? When you go to the supermarket. Uh, I won't. T- I usually won't taste that stuff. I would try all of it. I'm, I'm convinced they're going to poison me. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaky paranoia. That's a different mental illness well, altogether. Look who's still standing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how do you get your product to stand out amongst the sea of, uh, you know, 
everything's the same. So wait, that's just it with that study? Yeah. They, yeah they, the, and so the people who, who ate it, they were not satisfied because they were always searching for something new. Yeah. Nothing ever actually satisfied them. Yeah. And they were <clears> never <throat> satisfied. They got fat. And they just ate more yeah. in an attempt to find satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. That pretty much sums up my life. <laughs> that completely <laughs> sums up my life. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So, so how do we make our thing stand out? Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go back to Jam, right? Right. And I thought about uh, the branding of Jam. So it's all kind of the same, you know. They're going for the same thing. It's kid friendly. It's folksy. It glamorizes country life, you know. There might be a a picket fence, uh, things like that. It, it's all the same. So no wonder people can't tell the difference. And then I was thinking about this, and I'm like, well, what if you tried some just very different branding and i came up with a term called incongruous branding and i googled it or incongruous branding yeah whatever you want to say uh i I, i'm not like you i'm not a a pronunciation nazi pronunciation (laughs) nazi okay yeah uh so um i googled it and there was a lot of replies on it a Uh lot of hits Uh uh-huh and every one of them so you didn't really make it up i made it up and then i googled it but you didn't make it up. Yeah, I did. It existed already. Yeah, it came out of my mind, uh-huh. into my fingers, onto the keyboard, you into the You thought you made it up. I thought I made it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so there were lots of replies, and it, all of them were about how uh, it is ruining your business, and it is ruining your branding, and it's horrific. But really, when you think about it, like mascots and tie-ins of mm-hmm. like... SpongeBob and Dora and Star Wars. Right. That is incongruous. 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 Uh-huh. Uh, branding. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Right? What so, do these mascots have to do? What does a tiger have to do with sugar-coated exactly, cereal? Exactly. Right? Yep. So I I don't buy these articles <laughs> who tried to steal my invention. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think it's awesome. And uh but as we talked about before, getting this corporate uh, the, like tie-in branding mm-hmm. is very expensive. The rights hugely expensive. It's not accessible to me, to you, to the. Can you give me an example of tie-in branding? Ah, there's probably like SpongeBob Jam out there. Okay, gotcha. You know? All right, so where you're using a, uh, a an already well-known yes uh, brand to appeal to, to appeal with you. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's hugely expensive, uh, and really, it's not that different either. Mm-hmm. It's going to be. SpongeBob in front of a wood fence, yeah, versus Dora in front of a wood fence, uh-huh. versus Chewbacca in front of a wood fence, uh-huh. right? All right. with like, <clears throat> I got jam on my finger. Um, so, how can we not spend that money? Glom on to something that is uh, that is going to tie its popularity into your product and make people choose your jam. Mm-hmm. Well, I came up with it. Zero dollars you need to spend. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you guys work on your jam recipes right now. Yeah. Because I'm gonna unleash the beast. Okay. <laughs> and it is heavy metal jam. And all you got to do uh-huh. is all your writing, put in like that kind of like ACDC heavy metal script, and it doesn't fit with jam, which makes you stick out. All the people who love metal <clears throat> are gonna be like. Yeah, heavy uh-huh. metal jam, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, 
uh, <laughs> strawberry, you could call like blood strawberry. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, grape, you could call eyeball. I don't know what you do. What are you going to do if you do like blood orange heavy metal marmalade? Yeah, heavy metal marmalade. That's all you got to say. Heavy metal marmalade, uh-huh. put it all in that script. Uh huh. And it will stick out. People will. It's not like there's so many metal people out there that you're going to like have 90% of the market. But uh, with all those jams out there, you'll have a portion of the market and they'll be fighting for nothing. They're just fighting each other for nothing. You'll be the only one that stands out and you will rock it, as they say in metal land. Uh huh. And that's it. That's, uh, that's gold, guys. That, Take it. That's gold. Yeah, that's gold. That's gold. Yeah. No, that's fantastic, Josh. <laughs> you, you think by insisting that it is, I mean, you're going to change my mind? No. You, Are you trumping me it, right it's now? It's not about your mind. It's about reality. <laughs> it's awesome. It's probably being made right now. Um, maybe it is. Look, I, I am not. You have had many awesome ideas, uh-huh. and I'm the first to tell you that I love the idea. I loved everything about your idea until the actual product <laughs> Out it's, of your mouth. Oh, it's great. Heavy metal jam. Heavy metal frozen pizza. It, or, you know what? It could be something else like that, too. But heavy metal really, just the script mm-hmm. alone. All mm-hmm. you got to do is change the font. And you have given an identity unto itself. You have glommed onto an entire subculture out there. Sure. I'll give you a guess. Yeah. You have differentiated your product from all the others who are just picket fences. I feel, though, so this is the thing. So this is where I'm going to go with this. Okay. Right? This is my only thought on All right. I don't have a lot of thoughts, period. Okay. This is my one thought on this. Right? With a subculture like heavy metal, if you're really going to, like, market to the heavy metal guys yeah. using the heavy metal, you got to be someone who understands the subculture. Just heavy metal jams. Just heavy metal jams. Yeah. That's all you need. All right. Maybe, maybe. okay, how about this? Okay. Just to, to upend it. You know how, like, there are the cards that you open up and then music plays, right? They have the little thing, and it's on a little tab, and you open it. How about when you unscrew the jar, it plays a, a hard metal lick? Well, then you got to pay royalties. I'm looking for Why? zero, you make, zero you no, royalties. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it pay, from, a, from a particular band. Okay. You want to spend just, extra you, money. You I just, don't think you're differentiating yourself any more than what I've already done. And you know what? If you, the listening public, can think of other hook. things like hip-hop jam... Uh, you can put it in kind of graffiti script. You can call it. You can call it that one. Uh, banging jams. Just call it no. Just call it hip hop jam. I don't know, man. Just cut, no hiding it. Uh huh. Just you're gonna differentiate you can choose, yourself. You can choose any musical subculture. Yeah. Soft rock jams. Yeah, but who wants that? I don't know. People who listen to soft rock like to eat jazz. I don't jam. think anyone's passionate about that. So what? They're passionate about jam, maybe. Metal people passionate about metal. Yeah. Not necessarily about jam. You know, they'll buy the heavy metal jam. Oh, All right, genius. Okay. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> um, so this is what I have. Okay. All right. So along the lines of your, your studies that you mentioned, um, <clears throat> there is a uh, 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 psychological disease called abulamania. Okay. All right, and that is pathological indecision okay it's got a good name yeah it is it's uh uh i think the root is a bull uh like a bull a large male cow okay and then mania which is crazy yeah so it translates to crazy bullshit (laughs) 
know about this. All right, Quite but that, that's just, I didn't right. look that up. I just thought that's probably uh, what. But anyway, um, so so people with a bulimania, like you give them a choice and it will reduce them to a mass of fear and indecision. Okay. It doesn't matter whether like you want to say, do you want to go for a walk or stay and watch television? Like if it's you too say much. Right, it's too much, they can't handle it, yeah. right? Now most people, even people who are generally indecisive, uh, they're not sure why this happens to people. They think it's you know part of, part of depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and this whole thing. But there's also a thought that uh, there's an issue with their prefrontal cortex. In uh, most people, the prefrontal cortex can hold up to seven pieces of information at one time, right? So it, most people can sort of map things out right the prefrontal cortex is cortex cortex is your cortex yeah cortex <laughs> it's a new it's part of the jam yeah um but the prefrontal cortex is where you all your decision making is done yeah. that's where it all lights up when you're under a, a an fmri um and uh so it can generally hold about seven pieces of information, so you can make an educated choice, mm-hmm. right? You can have your choices there, and then you can sort of work around those and make a decision. Uh, they think that it's distinctly possible that people who suffer from a bulimania, their prefrontal cortex isn't working properly, and they cannot uh, work this stuff out. Okay. So my thought was, we all know about the magic eight ball. Yep. Right or various decision makers of that nature. Sure. Right. We also know about. We've had many discussions. You, in particular, love the sort of algorithm behind Netflix. Yeah. Right. Using that to sort of make make uh, suggestions to you. Sure. Well, I say let's expand that. Okay. <clears throat> let's take that algorithm and use that algorithm. Uh. To based on everything you do in your life, track it, right? And that means everything you eat, everything you watch, mm-hmm. everything you listen to, yep. everything everybody you are friends with, everyone mm-hmm. you're not friends with, everyone you voted for, everyone you've dated, just the gamut. Okay. Your entire life is plugging into this algorithm okay. in some fashion, right? And as it is collecting this information, it is narrowing things down, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll start off, but I'll saying, when you're confronted, say, with, uh, and this is good for anybody. Oh. I mean, look, my wife and I have terrible times making decisions about simple shit. Yeah. What do you want to eat tonight? And then there is, there is like this endless, it takes us an hour, sometimes more, where there's this endless sort of like, well, I'll do this, or, you know, if, you're, if I'm going to cook, then you have to decide on what we're eating. Or if we're going out, you know, we used to do this with movies, like on demand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because there would be so many movies on demand, we would end up picking like five or six that we were interested in. Yeah. And then take those six, write them down, and then one by one we'd each have to eliminate one till we were left with the final two, and then there would be a battle about who was going to decide over which one of those we were going to watch. Yeah. Right? So it's not just people with a bulimania, but they're your core sort of uh, group there, right? So you have all this stuff. So let's say you're like, man, I want to see a movie today. And you just boop, and the algorithm pops in, and it shows up, and it says, this is what's playing. This is what we think you would like. Yeah. 
based on your watching history, right? You don't know what to eat. Boop. It's Wednesday. Wednesdays, whenever you eat on Wednesdays, you usually order Chinese food. Usually yeah. order it from Sammy's, right? And you can get to the point where it's basically making all of your decisions for you. Sure. Right? Which is, I think, perfect. We don't want to have to make decisions, really. Or certainly, we don't want to have to make every decision. Yeah. Right? We all we all like to have free will, blah, 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 blah. But we really don't, yeah. if you think about it. We love for things to just show up at our door. We get very excited when uh, stuff just shows up. Ooh, it's a surprise. It's exciting. What a, you, know, you don't want to think about what you're going to eat or what you're going to do. You know, your, your businesses all want you to just put all your focus on your work, yeah. right? So you can put all your focus on your work, and you can have this algorithm eventually over probably, it probably wouldn't take more than a year to make all your decisions for you. Okay. It will just tell you, what am I going to eat today? Boop, Chinese food, perfect. Order it for me. And it'll just order it for you, right? Because it's part of your phone. It's Siri. It's whatever. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. You get your Chinese food. You're eating it. Eventually, it's going to be like Wednesday's Chinese food day. Food's going to show up at your door at 730. It's going to be pre-ordered by your algorithm. Okay. By your, your app. Yep. Right? And this can happen with, with you know, oh, man, should I marry this girl? Yes, you should because she fits all of your dating choices. Mm -hmm. Nightmare or not, she's just like your mom. Whatever it may be. I think that's the big money maker. Okay. You know what? Uh, yeah, I like it. I had initially thought of something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then I figured, uh, why do that when I could have a metal jam and really make people rich? <laughs> but uh, you know the one thing you need in that? What? Is you need, <clears throat> uh, for the first while at least, mm -hmm. everyone that uses this needs to put a few words describing whatever it is they just had. And okay. rate whether or not how much they liked it. Yeah, sure. Certainly, you can you can do a rating but, system like that. Well, yeah. more important than the ratings are the metadata. So, just like uh, the 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 sa the song music subscription and stuff like that and playlists, mm -hmm. they tie things in by all the metadata on the songs, right? So, it'll say this song is retro. It's Dixie. It's right, in this. Right. Uh, key. It has saxophone. It uh, is upbeat. You know, like it. It'll have all these mm -hmm. things that people use to describe it, and that's how it ties different things that uh, together right. and right. makes a playlist that's you know any kind of logical <clears throat> seeming order. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you put the metadata in there, and it'll it'll get smarter and smarter. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I like it. All right. Good. Yeah. It's no heavy metal jam, but no, it's not. It's better. No, it's not. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, you know what is better? Our newest segment, Josh and Noel Sellout. Yeah. Uh, in which we take a minute every week to discuss ways in which we are selling out, which is the aim of this show. Uh, mm -hmm. So currently, the best way we have for selling out is if you go to. Get rich. I mean, if you go to Radio Free Brooklyn and you go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel show page, mm -hmm. there's a button there and it says subscribe. If yep. you click on that button, you can pledge money every month for the rest of the season, which at this point is about three months. Doesn't it say sponsor? Sponsor, whatever it says. 
<laughs> says it. It'll it'll look like it's the one that costs money to uh-huh. click. Right. Okay. Uh, and so if you do that, half that money comes to us. That's right. Half that money goes to Radio P Brooklyn to keep their tie dyes wrinkled. Goddamn commie hippies. <laughs> um, question for you: uh-huh. uh, How much more time is left in the season? I don't know. Three months, maybe. Uh, it, I'm sure it'll tell you. Uh-huh. Uh, it, if you hate us, you can always go to also <clears throat> radioforbrooklyn.com, click mm-hmm. on the Patreon link, mm-hmm. and you can pledge money on a one-time or reoccurring basis Yep. to Radio Free Brooklyn. None of that money will come to Josh and I. Nope. We put a note in there saying we hate Josh Noel. Yep. Uh, if uh, you have enacted any of our brilliant schemes and are now soaking in the millions. You can just send us a check. Send us a check. Yeah. Or right. an envelope of cash. Yep. However, but depending you send on how us, legal the scheme was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of our stuff is a little morally ambiguous, as you may have noticed. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. If you're, we've been at this for over a year now, Noel. Yeah. I mean, we've been throwing ideas out to these people out there yeah, for over a year, more than just spitballing. No. We've been putting time and effort into it. Yeah. We may be spitballing our staff meetings. <laughs> our staff meetings. <laughs> with our with our team. Yeah. And uh, our team's getting antsy. They want to get paid. The only way they're going to get paid is if we get paid. Uh, we just had another one of uh, Noel's idea that we didn't put out on air, but Noel did post on Facebook. Uh, that has gone viral. Yeah. And it wasn't Noel's post that gone viral. Someone took it, did something with it, and it's the only it's way they could have heard about us from yep. my post. That's it. That's it. The post that you got from Reddit, yeah, that's right? That's the kind of media power we wield. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I've I've tried explaining to Noel that he is a public figure now. Yes. And that uh, people look to him uh, for information. Yes. And uh, they may even troll his sites and he may not realize it. Yes. Uh, but he has to be careful about what he puts out there that's not in the context of GRQ with Josh and Noel. That's right. Uh, or, you know, <laughs> if you are... Evil Megacorp. Yep. Just hit us up. We're down. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're ready <laughs> yeah. to become our own evil Megacorp. That's right. E-G-R-Q. Evil Get Rich Quick with Josh and oh, Noel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We can do two shows. Like yeah. not regular Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel and then and Evil. And then After Dark. <laughs> the way you said it is so evil. And yet when I think of After Dark radio shows, there are like the smooth, sexy sounds of the 70s. Yeah. Evil. Uh yeah, so uh, we also, you know, every week we have a topic. This week it's indecision, and we give you more ideas than you can know what to do with to get rich. Uh, but we also <laughs> take a minute on that show when we put a little tidbit of a turtling of a nugget of a different idea for you to get fabulously wealthy. So if uh, you're listening to this and you don't have time to listen to the whole thing, just listen to this segment. Come back later. Listen to the rest of the show. Get more rich. So, uh, Mr. Josh, please take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Trump's campaign spends liberally at Trump-owned properties and businesses, according to the FEC. So let's take a look at where the money specifically has been going. And keep in mind, all of this is perfectly legal. We'll start with 
Eric Trump's businesses. The Trump campaign paid nearly $5,000 to Eric Trump Wine Manufacturing. It spent over $91,000 to rent out three different Trump golf clubs in Florida for events. $136,000 to Trump restaurants including Trump Grill and Trump Cafe and Trump Tower. Over $420,000 to rent Trump's Mar-a-Lago Club in Florida. That also doubles as his vacation home. There's been more than $430,000 of Trump campaign money spent on rent to at the Trump Tower. Of course, it's his Fifth Avenue skyscraper that does double as Trump's campaign headquarters. And of course, the biggest suspense of all has been $4.6 million the campaign has paid to Tag Air, which is the name of Trump's private airline. All told, the campaign has spent over $6 million at Trump owned businesses out of about $63 million spent through the end of May. So 10% of all campaign spending has gone back to Trump or Trump affiliated business. So we didn't really cover that in our political poli uh, we kind of had about the uh, political spending media spending groups. Oh, now, I okay. put it this way. I think we have enough <clears throat> That Trump owes us 10% of the 10% he spent on his own company. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm, I, I agree with you. We're coming after you. We are Trump. coming after you, Trump. Yeah. But, uh, you know, look. Dingleberry Trump. Again, we, we did the po po politics episode. Um, there was obviously ways to make money. But, hey, oh, yeah. this is a big one. I mean, even local politics. If you're like a guy who's got a plumbing shop, yeah, you can start funneling some of that free money. Yeah. Right back into you, and it's totally yeah, legal. Joe the plumber. That's right. You set up, you know, your campaign headquarters or in your office, in your plumbing shop, and that cost that's rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just and and you're not. Pay I mean, Trump in theory is paying for it out of his own pocket since he loaned his campaign the money, which he's getting paid back uh -huh. um, with interest. I would imagine probably. Um, but uh, uh, you know. Funnel that money to you. You gotta. It's gotta go in your pocket somewhere. Yep. You know, when I run for office, uh huh, I'm gonna rent my own socks to myself. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh huh. Everything. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sell myself toilet paper. Every uh -huh. single thing. Well, because in your socks, your top advisors are. <laughs> Are my are, sock puppets. Are, are, your, yeah. are your little toes. Yeah. Your little piggies. Oh. Aww. Yeah. This one's always like, we, we, we went we, to the we, market we. last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those decisions. Yeah. You just paint the answers on your toes, and then you just close your eyes and wiggle them. Whichever one's sticking up, that's the one you're going to choose. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good decision-making process. Uh, you know what else is good decision-making process? This one. Uh-oh. Is this a big one? Uh, it's a good one. I'll it tell you that be. much. It better be good and it better be long. Okay. It'll be it'll be, <laughs> it'll be all of these, I guess. So, uh, you know, I, when I was thinking about the topic, mm -hmm. I was thinking, okay, indecision. You know, there is how do you make money uh, from helping people make choices? And how do you make money when people, by helping people, Stay indecisive. Hmm. How do you make money by helping them not have to decide? Hmm. So here's what I come up with. Uh, you know, everyone who's got a head on their shoulders knows if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So uh, that mentality is a huge advantage if you're one of the old standards out there, 
you know? Uh, back to the jam example. <laughs> Welch's <laughs> is doing okay. great from that because they're the one that was around when we were kids and we we're just going to go and like, ah, Welch's, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, right? So not making a choice often means you just stay with what you already have or whatever choice you made it or someone else made for you right. way past when, right? Right. Uh, and as we say, it's great for the old standards. It's not necessarily... It's also apparently great for the waistline, too. It's great for the waistline, yeah. yeah. You don't get fat on yeah. trying all those pizzas like a uh-huh. fatty. Uh, <laughs> uh, so how do you go about stopping people from making the choice to change? Mm. And then how do you profit from that? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Huge shout out right now. Uh, to Amazon Dash Buttons. Do you not know these? No. Amazon sells buttons that are <clears throat> internet-enabled, and there'll be a button that's just, like, tied. And you can press that button, and it will order you from Amazon tied to be delivered. It's an actual physical it's button. It's a physical button. That, that you just have... That you have... Anywhere. You, you put it on the, it on the washing machine. Oh, I see. And so when you're out of... Detergent. Like, oh shit! I'm out of Tide, and you push that button. That's right. And so you never have to make the choice about what's out there again. You never have to see the twenty thousand types of jam. Right. Although I did check this, there is none for jam. So if anyone <laughs> wants out there, go and make one for heavy metal jam. Uh huh. And you'll be a triple millionaire. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. But huge shout out. There's no discount when you buy like that. Right. You're getting no advantage. Right. It, they charge four ninety nine for the button, and you get that credited back on your first purchase. Uh-huh. But then there's no advantage from right. buying with this. You're you're basically avoiding looking for a sale. Uh-huh. Well, if you're looking for a sale. I mean, clearly, it, we. I mean, it's about convenience. Yes. Right? Okay. Okay. So, uh, anyway, huge shout-out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but how else do you... Stop people from making decisions. Uh, well, there's something out there uh, called Dark Patterns, an article I read on Ars Technica, which is a technical website. And dark patterns are ways companies try to go about into uh, tricking you to make decisions or uh, hiding what it is you're really doing by and they're you're making a decision without you really realizing it and stuff like that right mm-hmm. so um an early example of that they gave was columbia house right i'm just going to sign up and get all these free cds no right. you're not you're going to get charged for all these ones that are then going to be coming rocketing to your house uh-huh. because you didn't go and fill out the rest of the stuff saying these are the only cds i want okay don't yeah. send me anything but these right uh uh, but today, it's more online ways of tricking people to do things so they don't realize, right? So one thing they called, I think it was called like Zuckerberging someone or something. And that was tricking someone into giving up all their personal information by making it too confusing to figure out how to stop, uh-huh. right? So it's not that you ever <clears throat> gave consent. It's just consent was implied. You're never going to figure out how to stop right. it. Right. Uh, so, you know, Facebook famous for that. Uh, phone slamming, phone provider slamming was a big thing when the deregulation of the phone industry happened. And all these people would 
trick you into switching or or they would just do it without you even knowing they would switch your phone provider and uh it, they jack your prices and you didn't know another way that this is popular now in the same way is the people that will come up uh to your door and they'll pretend to be uh you know with con ed and they'll be like oh do you want to support uh green energy and they'll get you to sign something but that what you're signing is actually switching into a third party energy provider mm-hmm. and uh you know they're going to cost a lot of money and they're not being up and honest about what they're doing uh so other ways of doing this are uh they hide you know there'll be forms that'll be pre-checked and unless you uncheck buttons as you're going through, right. you'll end up uh, you know, extending your subscription mm-hmm. or you'll end up things like that. Uh, Even so, just on the simplest thing, getting tons of emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but a lot of this stuff is set up to uh, continue service in particular, right? right? So uh, there's ways that they trick you into setting up auto payment. So money's automatically being withdrawn for your bank. And auto renew so that it did, this will just go on in you know forever, right? Uh, and they also at the same time make it difficult to opt out, right? You know, so that's great. You know, if you're <laughs> that's great. Well, if you're tied uh-huh. and all like you're just going to keep getting delivered tied, right? We're not tied. No, you know, we are not Welches. No, nope. we are heavy metal jam. Uh, well, yeah, you are. That, that's what we are. We yeah, have metal okay. jam. All right. Um, <clears throat> so how do we as the little guy get in on this? Well, you know, how do you, how do you make it easy to sign up for something, make it hard to leave uh-huh. when you aren't in the market to begin with? God, it sounds like birth. Well, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you. So okay. <laughs> another another example they gave about this stuff is this is really what triggered it for me. In this article, they said a lot of these people using these dark patterns will, you know, make it easy to sign up online. Mm-hmm. Have that pre-check button that says, you know, it's going to come out of your bank. It's going to be auto renewed. Uh, to cancel, you have to call on the phone an actual business during business hours mm-hmm. for whatever whatever time zone that's in right and so they they make it very hard to get right. out yeah, yeah, much yeah. harder to get out than to get in yep so i thought i wonder if there are consulting companies or like uh if you can farm out your subscription management uh-huh. And and you can. Of course. There are companies out there that all they're <clears throat> doing are handling the subscriptions other companies have to their products. And uh so you can start one of these up. You can make it easy to sign up, hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. The beauty of this business is the less you spend on your business, the less phone lines, no call waiting, no answering <clears throat> machine, right? No phone tree, one employee, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, bad phone line, yeah. 
the <laughs> less you spend on this business, <clears throat> the more successful you will be. Yeah. The more money you will make, mm-hmm. the less you spend. Amazing. If you have one phone on a phone line, mm-hmm. a single that gets line. knocked out right. every time there's a storm. Yep. You have one employee, and she's a little old lady. She has to go to the bathroom every thirty seconds. <laughs> You're gonna make more than someone who really sets up shop and has a whole team of people and takes his job seriously. Okay. So you know that that that's it. All the, right. The, you outsource the subscription management from another company that already is established and is already the person that they don't have to make a decision right. to stay with. I got you. And you're making money off of people's inability to decide. It, Even if that single decision is, well, you, you're I don't, enabling want, their I don't want this yeah. shit anymore. Yeah, you make it harder for them you to get out. It, to the point where they go, you know what, I'm giving up. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even going to think about it. Exactly. You make more by spending less on your business. All right. That's it. That's, I mean, that's the everyone's dream. Yeah. That's like the dream business. You can take the profits from this business uh-huh. and make heavy metal jam, heavy metal frozen pizza. I thought, I thought that the product was already heavy metal jam. You work in both. No, no. Well, no. It's it's tied. <laughs> heavy metal jam is what we're breaking oh, into the market. Okay. With. So, but but so your idea is to open up one of those management companies. Then. Yeah. Okay. I misunderstood. No, I no, thought no. it was no. okay. Gotcha. I'm opening up the management company right. where I am. Managing multiple lines of stuff. Yeah. So with your one phone and your ninety-year-old person yeah. sitting in a closet, I give her all the free iced tea she can drink, all, or whatever yeah, bathroom, extra product. Bathroom's yeah, yeah. Like way down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like Tim Conway, the the old guy trying to shuffling along. Yeah. Forty-five minutes. I'm coming for the phone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I, her. The phone should be down the hallway from her desk. Should be like a payphone in the hall. When it rings, she's got to get up to go get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be good. <clears throat> and that's even better. It's a payphone, so you're not actually paying for the line. Yeah, the city or whoever the pay, the payphone because they're like, oh, we're gonna make money. They're gonna be dropping quarters in this to make all their calls. Yeah, I don't think so. Nope, <laughs> nope. Just incoming calls. All payphones take incoming calls. That's right. That was the way drug dealers used to do business all the time back in the day. Yeah. They had to change their ways. They had to. Yeah. Well, I like that idea, Noel. Okay, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And then you can funnel it into the algorithm. You then well, Or you funnel it I think you're making a huge mistake if you're funneling <laughs> heavy it into jam. heavy metal jam. Uh, I think that's going to be huge. <laughs> I, think, I think you are you are just throwing your money down the toilet with heavy metal jam. No way. Big, I'm sorry. I, I, it's just, just one man's opinion. Okay. One man's opinion. All right. But that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. But the nice thing is you'll be making so much money off of that. If you lose your shirt on heavy metal jam and heavy metal pizza, you're still going to be making money hand over fist. With oh, that one. so much money. Yeah. yeah. Because you, you'll you get paid by the subscriptions that do not get canceled. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I see. So you'll be getting a percentage. Yes. You'll be getting, or you'll be getting like a, a retention percentage. And if they can't get through to cancel... You're just constantly getting paid. Yeah, exactly. That's the name of the game. That's great. Uh, so, yeah. So, I know you said you were a little light tonight. Yeah. Uh, how light is that? Is that your out light? Uh, pretty much. Okay. 
right. <laughs> so you suffered your own indecision. Oh, yeah. In I was research. full of indecision. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't, you know what it was? I, I looked at a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. And it's interesting because, like, indecision in business uh-huh. is like the huge thing. I mean, you just Google indecision, and so many of the hits are how to overcome indecision oh, in yeah. business. You know, the worst managers. In you know the worst bosses sure. are indecisive. You know when the, this one article was like talking to talk to a bunch of CEOs who quit their jobs uh-huh. because the indecisiveness of their bosses, who is the board, made it impossible for them to 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 do or achieve anything. Sure, and all the great uh, uh, leaders in business and I imagine in the world. Uh, are put in positions where they have to make decisions, tough decisions, uh-huh. decisions that for you and I would make us like fall down in a little puddle. You know, right. uh, I, I I mentioned this before. I I, I went through mm-hmm. a real North Korea jag for a while, right. uh, and one of the books I read were all these interviews with people that had uh, defected from mm-hmm. North Korea, mm-hmm. and one thing they talk about because. They, they talk about what their life was like there, and they don't think they're repressed. They think we're repressed by our, our commercialism mm-hmm. and that they are provided for and <clears throat> given the freedom from worry right. and the freedom of having to choose. Right. Well, wasn't that the whole—that was, that was also the concept in, in to a certain degree in communist Russia, right? Uh-huh. And what it did was when you w- created a generation— and it's a problem with Cuba, too. And I, I've heard this from a lot of people in Florida with Cuban refugees coming over. Um, <clears throat> they uh, are complacent. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because they, they're sort of what you talk about, they're, they're, they're not, they've been freed from uh, having to make decisions and having to sort of strive to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. They uh, uh, And freed from sort of the pressures of achievement, yeah, right? They come over and they just, they don't understand how it works. Uh-huh. And they come to America and they're sort of like, there is a certain expectation of a handout. Not, you know, what we think of as a handout, for them that's just the way it is. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, and they sort of don't work as hard. There's a certain level of not working as hard. Well, I'm sure a lot of people do. <clears throat> But the the issue it be it it becomes, and I'm not slagging it off. It's not like a oh you know Cuban refugees kind of thing. It 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 has to do with I think growing up in an environment uh-huh. where you are put in a position where you are not expected or wanted to strive. Okay, here to hear right? first. Josh hates Th- Cubans. That's exactly <laughs> no, it. No, no, no. Um, but I think similarly in 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 because it was an issue in Russia, yeah, as well. After after you know communism in quotes died, right? You had people who were just like, well, now what the fuck do I do? Well, yeah, I could see how it would take a little <clears throat> adjustment to realize like, uh, I can do better, basically. Right. Yeah. Well, exactly. Or to want to do better to a certain degree. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? To to be like. I want to do this, and and that it's I can do this mm-hmm. if I sort of make the mo- motions to do it. I'm not going to be stopped along the way because I'm not part of the apparatchik, or I'm not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's part of it. And eventually, like for instance, I've heard this from uh, uh, a woman that I knew had a a dance school, uh, uh-huh. Cuban uh, in in Florida, and she's Cuban heritage, and she brought in. 
every Cuban dancer that defected would go to her school. Okay. And this was something she ran into a lot. And it had nothing to do with their level of talent. Mm-hmm. had nothing to do with their level of training. It had to do with their uh, level of desire uh-huh. to uh, achieve. Because for them, their level of desire to achieve in uh, uh, Cuba was tampered a bit and they were considered high achievers uh-huh. but in this country where everyone you know you're like fucking super achievers out there they don't compare at all they don't understand it they have a very kind of like domani i'm I, you know yeah i danced for an hour and now i'm gonna go you know chill out and hang out with my friends kind of stuff because that's just you know and I, I it's not necessarily cultural i think though it is it, it is a nurture issue mm-hmm. a nurture versus nature sure and then once they <laughs> realize they don't have to eat this crap jam that's right they can have heavy metal jam uh, well, then I thought they're you were like, referring to that crap no, no, jam no no no, no, uh, no. <laughs> heavy metal jam is like what uh, they gets them off their butt and be uh-huh. like yeah if i just do a little extra work i can get that heavy metal top shelf jam that's right <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, out there, you guys, if you want to get off your butt and get the heavy metal top shelf jam or whatever it is, because by this point in the show, the money's really starting to probably roll in. Rolling, rolling, rolling. You know, uh, you, you, you've got money from not canceling subscriptions. You've got money from ordering people Sammy's Chinese food every Wednesday night. And you got lots of money, lots and lots of money from heavy metal pizza and jam. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to do with all that money? Just sit it there and try to figure out what to do with it? Well, we're going to take this one decision off your shoulders. Or if you haven't gotten off the couch yet, use this inspiration to get out there. You don't even have to choose what to do. Make jam. Make heavy metal jam. Jam. And then you're going to need to do some of that money. So, Mr. Josh, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Please take it away. Hong Kong property tycoon Cecil Chow Tse-Tung has put a bounty on his daughter's head, or more accurately, on her uterus. The billionaire has offered 120 million U.S. dollars to any man that can marry his daughter Gigi. His 33-year-old daughter, Gigi Chow, is one of Hong Kong's foremost LGBT activists and co-founder of the Big Love Alliance LGBT rights advocacy group. Maybe you've guessed, she's gay. Not only that, but Gigi's already married. In 2012, she and her longtime partner, Sean Eve, were married in France. But thanks to her dad's public bounty, the couple has been beset by a barrage of screwball marriage proposals, with some suitors even including dick pics, as if that would help. So, yeah, that actually bounty, that that was recorded, that little thing had been recorded a, a year or two ago. The bounty has wow. gone up to $180 million. Wow. Um, Ugh. And the so 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 the interesting thing about and I mean I don't know if it's interesting it's insane uh-huh. is what it is she has a great relationship with her parents she claimed uh-huh. loves them to pieces it's not like she's ostracized but he's a Confucian yeah and it's his only child and in the Confucian mind that uh, she has to start pumping out babies wow uh, to to keep up the mantle wow and the mother is apparently an evangelical Christian. <laughs> who believes that homosexuality is a choice and uh, she can be changed. All right. So, you know, if if anyone out there has made a stupid amount of money tonight, instead, why don't you put out a bounty 
uh, for, for any dude to marry this guy, uh-huh. <laughs> and a woman to marry his mom, uh-huh. yeah, uh, her so, mom, I should say. So that is just an example of it. It's kind of like a combination tip of the week, mm-hmm. get rich quick scheme. I really don't think, though, you're going to end up collecting that bounty in any way, shape, or form if you're looking at it as a as a quick money maker. Yeah, you know, unless you already know Gigi and you're like, hey, Gigi, yeah, let's split it. Do me, hook me up. Yeah, you know what solid. I mean. Marry me. Yeah, uh, I need the money. Yeah, and then you know whatever. Okay, so it's willing. It's not like he's selling her. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, he's not really, like. No, no, he's not selling her. Yeah, she's. She, she I has think to be a she, willing partner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Otherwise, all right. otherwise, okay. all right. I would imagine otherwise there would be a... It's just uh, horrible parenting. It would have happened already. Okay. You know what I mean? If he's just sell, He's not like... If he was just like, hey, I'm just going to approve of you, and you'll get 120... There's obviously... She's got to have some say in it. Otherwise... Because it's been going on for years now. Okay. You know what else has been going on for years? What? Uh, People trying to get in touch with us. Yeah. Uh, So if you do want to get in touch with us and you haven't been able to figure it out over all these years, you can reach us on Twitter at GRQJoshNoel. Um, you can email us at GRQ with Josh and Noel you, at gmail.com. Or you can Facebook us at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. Uh, and you can go on iTunes. You can subscribe. You can rate. You can review. You can just send us a hot air balloon if you want. Ooh. A message in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So every week we take our ideas. We know they're great. How do you know they're great? It's because Josh scours the internet for rules of getting rich quick, in which we judge our schemes by Josh. Where do our rules come from this week? Our rules are this week are 10 golden rules to become rich from India business budget. All right, let's hear some. Um, So here we go. Time is your friend, impulse your enemy. Uh, Yeah. Impulse is your enemy because impulse makes choices. We want no choices other than to buy the jam. (laughs) That's right. And speaking of jam, number two. Realistic expectations, the bagel, and the donut. <laughs> I don't get it. That's, that's the thing. I can, you know, I can read their explanation to you. I mean, I think what it is is you you can't make a choice. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, They're you're undecided, and so what do you do? You get them both. Yeah, get them both. You know, and turn so, into a fatty. That's right, and that's right. Um, w- number three. Why look for the needle in the haystack? Buy the haystack. Yep. Uh, that's entirely, there is no choice being done there. Yeah. I mean, these are all, amazingly, these are all about decisions. Yeah. Um, and uh, one more, I yeah. guess. Uh, number, what is this, four or five? The hedgehog bests the fox. Yeah. Hedgehog bests <laughs> the fox. <laughs> right? You don't want to be a sly fox. Yeah. You want to be a, a, a sleepy hedgehog. Yeah. Hitting your Tide button, getting your auto deliver yep. of your Chinese food. So I think I think uh, the success there, Josh. As always. Yeah. Um, uh, so once again, you're getting rich on all of our things having to do with indecision. So for Josh and Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place.